0: You have to wonder what it would have been like to be one of the disciples on the road to, to Emmaus in Luke 24. This is actually one of my uh, favorite passages in the Gospels. I um, wonder, you know, as they're walking along and the stranger comes upon them and it's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they say, what are you, a stranger around here? I, You know, have you not heard about Jesus, this man, mighty in word and deed? And, You know, he thought he might be the Messiah, but now he's been crucified. Here it is three days since, and and they're talking about it. And Jesus says, uh, wow, you're so slow to understand the scriptures and such. And so he begins to explain from the scriptures in what had to be uh, the the single most epic Old Testament survey ever. Um, And so as they're talking about these things, uh, or as Jesus is taking them through them, Uh, They're marveling at this, you know, and they finally, it comes to be a little late in the day, and so uh, they're going to stop for the night, and and Jesus, and they don't know it's him, so he's, obviously they don't know it's him, and so they're stopping for the night, but he's going to keep on going, so they invite him to stay, and so he goes in with them, and as they're breaking bread, suddenly their eyes are opened, they had been restrained, as the passage says earlier, their eyes were restrained, but all of a sudden now they're opened. And you wonder, is it is it because something in the familiar, familiarity of breaking the bread? Is it, uh, could they all of a sudden now see the nail prints? Or, you know, um, we don't know exactly, but their eyes had been restrained, now they were opened. And all of a sudden he banishes from their sight. And then they say this really awesome thing as they're discussing, they're like, did not our hearts burn within us as he walked on the road with us and opened the scriptures to us? Um, I, 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 I think about, the sense of wonder that went into that encounter with Jesus, that discussion. i It doesn't say how long they were walking exactly, you know, and, and, and how long this discussion went on. Uh, it, it says that he started with Moses and the prophets and began to explain all this stuff to them so that they would uh, begin to see the connection between all of this stuff and 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 the, and the work that Christ accomplished. Remember, nobody really expected what happened. You know, the messianic, messianic expectation had been such where they thought the Messiah was going to come, overthrow Rome, uh, set up Israel as the head and not the tail, and all this stuff would come to pass. The kingdom would be established, and, um, you know, he'd rule and reign, and, and all these things that were uh, built into the... The expectation that the Jews had for their Messiah when he would come. And so when Jesus was arrested and scourged and mocked and uh, brought through this various series of, uh, of, of mock trials and such, and then he's um, crucified and buried in a tomb, literally their hopes were dashed. They were shocked. Like this made no sense whatsoever, did not compute on any level. And so as, as they were walking, these two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus, as they're talking about these things, you have to imagine that their their conversation was one of how did we, how did this happen? I mean, how could he have done so much and have given so many indicators that he was the Messiah? He rode into Jerusalem on, on you know, on, on, the, on a donkey and, that. and just, you know, we we're all singing and just excited about the Messiah's arrival. You know, all the things they, they could have been and likely were discussing but in in a sense of disappointment, like, oh, how did this, how could he not be the one after all of this? Well, all of a sudden, now they encounter him and Jesus, without them knowing who it is, they just, here's this stranger who has this incredible insight into the scripture and he explains all of it to them and it starts to make sense and it all begins to connect and they, you wonder what passages he used. I would love to have heard that, presentation. You know, obviously, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, maybe if among the things we'll get to do when we're in the presence of of God in heaven is to be able to see all this stuff and and watch the video, as it were, and and, uh, and sort of see how those things all played out. I What a great joy that's going to be. I I have to imagine we'll be able to. But here they are finally being illuminated, enlightened to this. And they recognize after he vanishes from their sight that They were so excited, their hearts burned as he explained these things to them, as he opened the scripture. Jesus would say in in, uh, John chapter 5, as he was talking to the Pharisees, another one of my favorite passages, uh, he said, you study the scriptures because it's in them you think you have eternal life, but it is they that testify of me. Elsewhere, he would say, if you believed Moses, you would believe in me. Uh, The scriptures are replete from cover to cover, literally from the beginning of the scripture all the way to the end. Uh, It is all about him and his story. It it all focuses and drives the the story in the Old Testament, drives toward the coming of the person of Christ. The Gospels then give us the story of him and his earthly ministry, and everything afterward explains uh, post his ministry uh, all about him and what he's going to accomplish and what the Gospel really means and all of this kind of thing. Um, I'm on my way right now to our Friday morning men's group. And I love getting together with the guys and I don't teach it; I just go and one of the other guys teaches it but just to be with the guys talking about the things of God as we go through it in this particular case we're going through a gospel and and, uh, as we go through these things and discuss these things and just the sense of wonder and awe that sometimes can you know capture our hearts as we think on some of these ideas. This is one of the rich blessings of being a child of God, of being a follower of Jesus, is the perpetual sense of wonder at who he is. Um, I, I often marvel a little bit myself at, uh, at folks who are, you know, at least claim to be believers, they may very well be, but there's really no sense of that wonder and awe at him. It's, it's more about church necessarily than it is about him, about Christ himself. And I always am a little uh, marvel at that, thinking, you know, yes, church is obviously important. I'm not diminishing that, you know, and, and, and being in the Fellowship of the Saints is so important and hearing the teaching of the word and, and sharing in the, in the Lord's Supper and all of those things that, that are part of that, that time that is set apart to consider him and to open his word and, to, and all these things. Um, but for those that sort of just go to church because, you know, you're supposed to, and. It's fun and talk to people and that kind of thing, but there's no real sense of being gripped by the very person of Jesus. I always think, oh, that's so tragic, you know, there's there's so much there that he would invite us uh, to, much like the disciples of Emmaus, just experience that sense of, of wonder and awe, um, that sense that he is real and present among us even right now. It's not just that he was a figure in history that we anchor our hopes and our uh, our trust for our salvation in. It's not just that he taught some really uh, important things for us to try and understand and and, and and apply and that kind of thing. These are all true. He did all that, but he's not dead in a tomb somewhere and then we're just reading about him later and saying, what a great man. No, he's alive. He's a living Savior who is alive now and ever lives to make intercession uh, for us. He is our advocate currently, presently before the Father. He's uh, one who literally uh, walks among the churches and uh, and examines them and interacts with the body. And, um, he's he's not he's not distant from us. He's very present. And to consider things like that is one of the great, again, rich blessings of being a believer. Is that unlike any other faith that you know sort of looks to its founder as a great figure in history. Muslims look at Muhammad, but Muhammad, you know, is dead. And you look at, uh, you know, uh, Buddha, and Buddha is dead. And All of these different religions where they're based on the teachings of a of a master. And in that regard, Christianity shares something in common, because there is much about our faith, obviously, that is rooted in, uh, of course, everything Jesus had to say and the scriptures teach us. But the difference is that Jesus died and was buried, but he rose again, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15 think about that. Uh, Consider what that means, that he conquered death. Uh, And therefore, because he did, the implication of that is not just that he left behind some writings that help us learn how to live a moral life, but rather instead our hopes and our salvation, our eternity, our very understanding of what it means to be a child of God is anchored in the fact that he conquered death, that he's alive, that sin has been paid for, and that our debt has been taken care of and taken out of the way the handwriting of our transgressions having been taken out of the way having been nailed to the cross we are now free because he lives this is profound uh, and that that doesn't do justice to what this is but this is what we're invited to consider to think deeply about this is what we're invited to to delve deeply into the relationship that Christ has called us to enjoy to know him and to walk with him personally As one walks with a friend, um, to see him as both the king of glory, uh, the lamb seated on the throne, but yet also as one who would put his hand on our shoulder and say, well done. Uh, Somebody who invites us not to stand back, not to only stand back in awe, which of course is the natural posture of anybody who comes to recognize who Jesus really is, but not just to stay at a distance in awe, but to come near and even be filled with more awe reminded of the uh, the cherubs that uh, surround the throne, these angelic beings that worship God day and night, and they cover their eyes, and they sing holy, 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 and they are just in the, they are they're, they're the closest in proximity to God in heaven right now as they are around the throne calling out holy, holy, holy. This is what John sees when he gets this revelation, uh, the revelation, and so as we see these beings and we think that they are, they've committed, they are fully committed to worshiping uh, before the throne all the time, day and night, never ceasing, endless praise. And we think, you know, from our perspective, you know, in our human-ness uh, and our sense of, you know, um, distraction and, and and all this kind of thing, we think, well, how do you do that? You know, how do you just do the same thing forever and ever and ever? but I think that's because of our limitations on this side of the threshold. We have the opportunity to sort of learn about God, but they're actually physically in his presence. They are in his proximity. They are, uh, you know, they are right there and they can't help but worship day and night. They are so overwhelmed and overcome with awe that they can do nothing but. Um, I wonder what it's gonna be like to be in that place and to be before the throne, and to be so overcome, so overwhelmed at the awesomeness, the spectacle of of God's very presence, the overwhelming sense of His grandeur, His power, His glory, His uh, His wisdom, His as we begin to sort of tap into it, you know, sort of that same sense of awe and wonder, to hear Jesus' voice, to see Him as the Lamb who was slain, to recognize the willing sufferings that He endured for our part, and the love that is so eminently present in that view, and an endless, infinite, ongoing stream of discovery about the depth and awesome wonder of God and His presence. This is what we're destined for this is what we will one day experience this is not something that um, is just theoretical these are the kinds of things truths facts and emotions that are going to come to bear and come to fruition and be fully realized one day for us as believers those who are going to one day inherit all of those great and precious promises and all that is involved in that inheritance that is kept for us that are kept by him one day will be there well to open the scripture to read of him to uh, and remember jesus again said the 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 whole book it testifies of him right and so to read the scripture is to delve into the unfathomable to to begin to try to understand the the infinite this is this is a privilege of the highest order to have been given the scriptures from heaven, uh, a discussion by God himself on who he is, what he does, how he interacts with man, his awesomeness, his nature, his character, his wisdom, his power, his glory, his uh, compassion, his justice, his righteousness and his love and mercy and such. These are all things that we are given to be given over to and um, to have that opportunity for our own hearts to burn within us as he opens the scripture to us again is a blessing and a privilege of the highest order so my hope is that for you bible study is not just a dry exercise something that you just sort of do because you're supposed to and need to get in that 15 minutes of bible study time every day or something like that but rather instead you would take it on as as the challenge to know him to know him right uh, not just know about him so just something to think about this morning father we just thank you for loving us for your grace for your mercy for your word that you've given us that reveals who you are and explains to us again the unexplainable the inexplicable the uh, that which is and who he who is far beyond anything that we could ever imagine Father, thank you for speaking to us and making yourself known. Surely we could come to know something about you by looking at the creation you've made and how perfect and beautiful it is. But how much more so that you've spoken to us in your word. So help us as students of your word, as those who follow Jesus, to embrace and digest all that you have said to us in your word, that we might know you, that we might come to know you better. Thank you, Father. We love you and praise you for this beautiful privilege and gift and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.